0: And I also would not do too much. Less is more most of the time. Um, I know it's tough when you're starting a business, but you want to build a brand.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Awesomeings podcast, where we highlight people pursuing their definition of, you guessed it, awesome. So buckle up and get ready for some more success story, adventures, and failures from Kentucky's tech and entrepreneur community. what's up y'all welcome back to the awesoming podcast i am i'm really excited because one i'm sitting across the table from my good friend who's already <laughs> starting to chuckle chase fairchild and today's gonna be a bit different we're recording a couple episodes that will be releasing in a marketing series for those of you who don't know chase is a very talented communicator storyteller and he does exceptional work in the marketing industry and i'm not going to go into all of his background we did that a while ago but chase give a quick recap and then I'll uh, set this back up before we dive into some
0: content. Sure. Yeah, I'm happy to be here, Garrett. Um, like you said, you know, I've, I've worked in the marketing industry and have been pretty fascinated with business and entrepreneurship my whole life. And so, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to dive into some of the fundamentals that I've kind of discovered with my team and uh, some of our clients over the years about some good marketing for small business. Um, we really help small business owners, you know, transform their business and grow their business with their with good marketing fundamentals and so I'm excited to kind of do a deep dive to answer some questions from some founders and um and hopefully come up with a really practical series that can can help people in a in a real way. Sweet, that's perfect. You just said it right there, Chase. So for those of
1: you who are listening, first of all, thanks for taking the time. We'd love to hear some feedback from you after and during this episode. This first little bit's going to be going back to to the basics, and that's something that we have realized sometimes it's so easy to get lost in the sauce, you know, if you focus on the sizzle of things, but really you want to make sure that your uh, what we say at Awesome Inc., your hot dog. The main thing is actually the main thing. So, Chase. With that being said, what would you say is good marketing?
0: This could be a, a two-hour-long uh, question, um, but I, you know, I think the the reality is going back to like my football coaching days. I played football and coach football for a while, um, and the best thing to do is to master the fundamentals. And I think fundamentally, marketing is. Uh, talking about your product it's it's building relationships with uh, people in the context of your product and that you know ask me tomorrow I'll probably have a different definition it's something that i think is a moving target that's always changing a little um but you know i think for the most part marketing is building relationships it's informing people um who you are and why you matter as a business what would you
1: say most marketing is these days and maybe maybe go into that a bit more of where does it miss the mark in terms of clear communication? Cause I know something, that's something you take pride in.
0: Totally. I, I think, you know, for me to be able to talk about how marketing misses the mark in today's world, I, I have a very narrow perspective, obviously, just from clients I've worked with and brands I observe and interact with. Um, so, you know, my perspective is quite limited in the sense of of what's missing the mark, but I think there's a lot of unintentional, and unintentional marketing. Um, there's a lot of companies out there who, uh, use um, kind of the same old tactics, the same old, same old deal. And they're just saying, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing. And that, and so I think it's more what the people are not doing. They're not taking advantage of um, kind of this new reality, which is uh, people have more money to spend than ever before. Um, there's people who are taking advantage of the digital space who are creating digital products and content and, um, Creating sales funnels you know that, that that's something that it's not it's not sexy, but it's effective and I think a lot of times like you know p- p- people really try to go cute and creative clever over clear, and so what le what happens is that ends up being you know <laughs> you know confusing you your your clients don't know what you do, why it matters to them, or how they should get get in touch with you,
1: yeah I mean for me. One, one thing to that specific point is there is a very successful clothing outdoor brand. I'm not going to say their name, obviously, that they're marketing whenever I get a newsletter, which is probably two to three times a week, at least they'll say something really cool for their tag to get my attention. But guess what? When I click on it, I literally have to scroll all the way down to find whatever product it is or whatever article. And it's never really clear. So guess what I do? I I trash can it in my email.
0: (laughs) Right, right. You know, I, I think it's, there's some, there's a, there's a lot of nuance to this too. So, you know, let's, let's say for example, um, that you're a financial advising firm and obviously there's a lot of regulations and compliance issues with finance, finance, but you know, you, we all know, like it's kind of a confusing industry and, but we all want to think about retirement we all want to, we, you know, for the most part, that's the wise thing to do is to, to invest and people work with advisors all the time. Um, but it's also uh, an industry with high barrier to entry. There's a lot of buzzwords like annuities and family liquidity events, and there's all there's all this like slippery lingo. Um, and when you're talking about to 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 the public, we don't know this lingo. We don't understand it. It's like you're speaking a different language. And so I think the best marketing really translates things that are complex and makes them simple, um, and really positions them as the solution to the problem the customer is facing. You know, my problem is, hey, I'm insecure about my finances. I don't know who I should listen to. Should I listen to this guy or that? Everybody's saying different things. People are making money in crypto. That scares me, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I think a financial advisor has a great opportunity to come in and say, look, I understand. Finances are really confusing. It's really tough, and it can feel like you have FOMO or you have anxiety. But look, we have a really simple system that if you follow it, you're going to build wealth that will last. Um, here's how we get started. Schedule a call and let's go over and give a free assessment. You know, something like that. It's really more relational. You take off that pressure of the things that
1: we create in our head almost.
0: Totally. I mean, I think that's, we need to start. I think the biggest mistake I think can be summed up in marketing and branding, not branding necessarily, marketing and advertising um, has become way more transactional than relational. Mm. And we need to have a return to relational because it's people talking to people.
1: Literally to follow that right up, Chase, what would you say is your go-to or maybe a couple of your go-to resources for staying updated on news, tech, marketing, business trends, all
0: all the stuff that you would say you value. I read a lot and I listen to a, a fair amount of podcasts, but I always try and take a note of trends in kind of my own organic way. There's not really a system to it, but I just start to notice things when I travel. I, you know, from a trend perspective, I like to see what people, what's important, what, oh my gosh, this is like a you know, we were just in Flagstaff a couple of weeks ago. We went to this, this college bar called, um, the mayor or something like that. But they had this really cool, they had like an Airstream, uh, like camper with a window cut out of it. It was like a DJ booth. And then upstairs was this rooftop bar with, it was just really simple. It's not, it wasn't a tall building. It was a two story building. And they just had this really cool, it just felt really different. I was like, I wonder if this is a trend or is this just a style out here? So I, I just pay attention to that sort of stuff because I'm interested in it genuinely. And I do think sometimes it informs, especially when working on a branding project or we're doing like a, a brand experience where we're working with restaurants and we're trying to think about how do we capture a feeling while you're eating or n- enjoying this, this, you know, this business or whatever. So there's some, something kind of ethereal organic that I just try and keep, keep my finger on. There's people, there's really, there's a few great people I can think of who, who do that naturally. Um, and I try and be like, be like them, but they have, they're, I would say they're borderline futurist. And one of those guys is a guy named Scott Galloway, who is a professor at Stern NYU, business professor. He's a writer and uh, entrepreneur and an investor. And he's just really uh, creative and he's kind of all over the place. His style really matches up with the way I like. Um, so I read his books, listen to his podcast, um, done some of his free webinars, that sort of stuff. The second person that I really love is Naval Ravikant. He's a he's an investor and like more of a philosopher. Uh, he's been on a, like he he does a lot of Twitter, like tweets a lot, just little one line nuggets of wisdom. And his stuff has probably made the biggest impact on I me. Mean, reading reading some of his his tweets and listening to his insights. There was actually a guy who uh, you like this guy Jack Butcher. Oh yeah, I love Jack. Um, he's one, He's a
1: really good friend of one of my friends, Zach Jenkins, who's on this podcast before.
0: He illustrated one of a book that this guy put together, basically like an almanac, like an unofficial book of Naval's wisdom. And uh, I read that last year and it's the best book I've read in the last five years. Sweet. Just has so much in it. It's, you can read it over and over and over and has layers.
1: Ogres have layers. (laughs) Ogres have layers.
0: (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, And then I think the last, you know, the last person I'll say is Donald Miller. Yeah. You know, he's been a big influence. Um, uh, you know, we're story brand certified and have, have learned that, you know, and seen a lot of great benefit from that framework and, uh, clarity. He's done a lo- really great job about like democratizing business education, um, with business made simple. And so I, I really like them, but there's, there's a lot of folks, um, that I, that I like listening to. Um, but those are, those are a few of the main ones that I, I make it a priority to listen to pretty Sweet. regularly. So again, to say those you have Scott Galloway.
1: No, Naval, what was his last Naval name? Ravikant. No good no, Ravikant. Wow. That's a mouthful. Spelled uh,
0: R-A-V-I-K-A-N-T.
1: Cool. Naval Ravikant, Jack Butcher, and then Don Miller with StoryBrain. Yeah. Again, if you confuse, you lose. That's That sums up StoryBrain in yeah. one sentence to me. So again, thanks for sharing those people. Highly would encourage you guys, if you're listening to go check them out. Chase, to throw it right back to you, what would you say is the best way for you, as someone who leads a business, you lead a team, to figure out who your your target demographic is? again, the people you're trying to reach. And to that, is there any resource that you collect actual data from to, to help narrow or find that demographic?
0: I wish I had a better answer for this, but really it's just doing the legwork of doing the research yourself.
1: Oh okay. man. You're saying do the work. Yeah. Oh <laughs> Gosh,
0: like, that's tough. I'm sure there is one. Um, like I said, I'm not really in the technician space. So like Stephanie is our Uh, our account director and does most of our our marketing uh, campaigns and management. And so, um, you know, we really, we really start by just tackling, you know, demographics and psychographics. And we start looking at like, you you can narrow down, just like when you're creating an ad set on Facebook or uh, Instagram, you you start with where they are. um, Who are they? If it's, you know, if it's a guy, if it's a brand for men, like uh, you just narrowed it by 50%. Yeah. Uh, If it's men, 20 to 30 there you go. Some narrow. If it's men in the Southeast, if it's men in Lexington, Kentucky. So you just keep narrowing it down. You know, the, the objective really kind of informs the demographic. So if you start with your objective. Okay, so for example, there's this company. It's called Wilderness. My That's their Instagram handle. At least I'm not sure if it's the company name. But they do like guided trips out west to national parks. And you can ride ATVs and, you know, motorcycles. And uh, it's really kind of a curated... Event. It's bougie camping. And, you know, they're, they have mail trips and then co-ed trips. And, you know, if they're trying to reach guys in, this, in Kentucky, they're going to look for guys who are interested in, in out West. So what do they like? Well, they like hiking at the gorge. Uh, they like whitewater rafting and, and, you know, in West Virginia, they like this type of brand, They like Patagonia and North Face and, you know, these sorts of things. So they start to create their interest in the demographics and, and, and some kind of build some of those um, those ad sets out. And then what we do, and this is a, everybody does this in some ways, like we build customer profiles and say, Oh, this is Garrett. You know, he's 26. He loves hiking. Um, he's really into 70s Southern rock, uh, <laughs> you know, like
1: uh, Dust the
0: long hair. Yeah. He's a bit of a wild card, <laughs> you know, but he, he's a city boy, but he loves the outdoors. So he doesn't know how to pitch a tent. You know, you you can get get really specific, um, and you know, in some ways, it works with at a small scale. But you're really just trying to talk to somebody. You know, when you're creating a piece of content, the more specific you can get. You know, people say if you're talking to everybody, you're really talking to nobody. I can't be talking to Garrett specifically at an intimate level and also be talking to my grandmother. This doesn't can't do that. You know, when when you talk to companies and they're like, "Well, who's your target demographic?" Well, everybody, really, 18 to 90 year old people all, all tax all, brackets, yeah. all political parties, all religions, all interest. They're all in your, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. the IRS. That's
1: fair. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, that's really good. Yeah. And so I, I think, you know, there are definitely some tools and I'm sure, you know, um, there's stuff out there I'm just not familiar with. Um, but when we go about writing a piece of content, you know, for me, when I write on LinkedIn or write on a blog or whatever, I'm thinking about. Um, I'm thinking about a, a clients of mine. I'm thinking about my one of my friends, Michael, who who is an entrepreneur who has a lot of businesses. I think I think about um, my my client who's a dentist who's knows how to is an expert when it comes to all the things dental, but doesn't understand necessarily the inner workings of uh, running a, a business in the digital world and talking about it and and making sense of data. And so I'm talking to them when I go out to write. I literally you could put. Dear so and so. And I'm talking to them like I'm writing them an email in some ways. And so that helps me. Everybody's got their own process. But I think if if you know, whoever's listening, I think, you know, one key to just being a better communicator is just write to somebody in your head. Yeah. Create somebody fictional, create somebody real, but make sure they fit the mold of what you're trying to do. Right, Chase. So we just talked
1: about demographics, people helping them with resources. And you, you actually mentioned a couple of people in mind when you make a post, maybe it's your friend Michael who's an entrepreneur or your friend who owns a dental practice. What are some strategies might be the best word I'm thinking of, uh, strategies or tactics that you have found effective with Bolt and then also helping clients to to grow your clientele, to fill your pipeline. Yeah. What are a couple of things that you think people could benefit from?
0: Yeah. I think about like for us, um, you know, and this is more getting getting better at for Bolt is you know, our strategy is content creation in some ways is, is talking about some of this. I mean, I'm doing part of our strategy right now. You know, we're here talking about marketing and I'm hoping that there'll be somebody down the road someday that hears this and uh, we'll learn something and maybe we could eventually come give me a call, you know, and it could lead to a relationship. So you, you're really planting a lot of seeds when it comes to like what we do, where we're, you know, service-based and tend to be a more of a, a partnership in a lot of our businesses uh with a lot of our businesses it's it's more like planting seeds you're building relationships and opportunities come along you know you've heard the phrase top of mind awareness real estate agents do this financial advisors do this um they're just trying to be out there generating relationships so that when somebody has a real estate need they think of they think of you know whoever so you know i really think simplicity is is the key you know um when it comes to, to try and keep the pipeline full, like pick the thing that that makes the most sense for your business. So if you're a roofer, you know, and um you're it's a roofing company, you gotta think about how people are engaging with roofing company. Like people I like like I'm you know, you're probably if you're a roofing company, you're probably not going to have a hundred thousand Instagram followers. You're probably not gonna have a super engaged audience on a roofing company. I mean, I could be proven wrong, I'm sure. But, um, most people search for roofing companies, uh, on Google or being not Bing, people Google it <laughs> and, uh, you know, they find it, um, they find, they just type roofers near me. And then they, that's why SEO is so important or search engine marketing, um, you know, is important is because that's how, that's how people are finding. It. So what, if I'm a roofing company, what do I need to do? I need to invest in a site that is prioritizes SEO and I need to take my ad, ad dollars and put them into search engine marketing campaigns. I'd probably avert some of those ads from, from social, out, you know, the efforts too, mm-hmm. like the energy spent on like keeping up a Facebook page or, you know, and like I said, this is my opinion. So like, it's totally just mine, yeah. what I've seen work and not work. I don't, and, and,
1: and they, based on so my good. consumer
0: experience too, because I'm not engaging with a roofing page. Um, yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> But you know, I think also like uh, businesses like that benefit from having their trucks wrapped. Yeah, from sponsoring you know things around town. You know, it's things that it's just being part of a community. Um, there's, there's so that's that's how like I would do it in that use case right there. Is like I wouldn't prioritize Instagram or TikTok. Definitely not TikTok for a roofing company. It's not lifestyle based. It's not like trend base, it's a roof so it's pretty cut and dry it's people need need to have a roof you know in good shape to you know so i i think that there's it all just depends on like what the company is what the objective is and and seeing where those platforms are at you know so for me where i'm in more like our sales funnel really um is content it's relationships it's being with people it's you know not LinkedIn ads. Like I think if we ever ran ads, it would be search based. Um, but I would really take the, I'd rather take the energy and money that we'd spend on ads and invest it into account executives who can build relationships and building new products that really solve problems that we don't have. So, you know, is there a one size fits all for every company? No, but there are some really good practices. And I think just uh, thinking through what's the objective to drive traffic to our website, the strategy is, you know, for us is to create content and the tactics are one blog a month, three emails a month, you know, maybe try and post on social media on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn three times a week. You know, that, that's something we talk about, but I think, you know, just really thinking about what makes sense for your business. Don't try and do something just cause you see it and don't mistake a tactic for a strategy. As we, as we're wrapping
1: this portion up on, Going back to some of those basics, I think two things that specifically I've heard you repeat one, have an objective or know your objective. So begin hopefully with the end in mind, or, Hey, if this is our result, let's try a few things to get there. So that's, that's helpful. Um, actually I'll say three, one, you just said, but not one size fits all. I think it's really easy to think that is the case. And you earlier, you earlier mentioned, just put in the legwork, do the work, you'll figure things out. And then thirdly, uh, you'll, I guarantee you'll say this the rest of our conversation, but communicate cle- clearly. And that's, that's so valuable. Yeah,
0: so, if you confuse, you lose. That's yeah, a big one, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That's so good. So I was actually talking with a good friend of mine named Cam Sloss. He is a business owner that sells vintage, mostly Disney clothes, but vintage clothes. So check out Sloss and found on Instagram. He's here in Lexington. And as we were talking, he, he was asking me a couple things about um, marketing events. So he does a lot of pop-up shops. Chase, what would you say are some ways to market events and hear this effectively? And then two, how do you get people to attend an event without sounding desperate or
0: maybe even being repetitive? It's a good question. Um, You know, I think this is where cross marketing comes in. So partnering up with somebody who's got a, who has a brand that you want to be associated with. Um, So if you are, um, you know, so it's vintage. So like if he went to like a local record store and said, Hey, I, this is what I do. I would love to partner up with you and, you know, bring this in. And I think, you know, people are going to come in and, and come to the store, just find a partner. Um, there's actually, I forget the name of the company, but over off of leased it's called retro, Re- retrograde, <laughs> <Or something. laughs> like retro <I> <laughs> reworks. it's like a vintage video game store. Okay, I'm not sure if they're still there, but, uh, like that would be a great example to like go to them. They sell vintage n 64s and you know. Well, they're not vin- all in 64s or vintage. They just sell in 64s. I'd go to them and I'd, I'd partner up with them. but And I also would not do too much. Less is more most of the time. Um, I know it's tough when you're starting a business, but you want to build a brand. Um, you know, Anthony Bourdain, who I really like a lot, he had this really great theory about like what to do when you're opening, how to have a hit restaurant in a, in a city is uh, you open the first day, and run out of pizza at uh at one o'clock. You know, serve the pizzas, but just like always make sure that there's a line. Then the next week, you know, run out of pizza at one thirty. And then after four weeks of running out of pizza, you have a hit restaurant because people think about it as from a scarcity mindset. They think, Okay, it's hard to get in here. You know, we gotta go get in line, or we gotta go there. Oh my gosh, we can get in a table there. Let's go. Um, he said it more elegantly than I did, but I think that the like the meat of it is the same in the sense of less is more. If he did a quarterly pop-up and he had all this inventory that he was sitting on and he could rely on some online sales uh, to drive some of that events, build up that social following too, um, that he could have more of a pop. And then eventually he could, as he builds his following, he could have more events. But yeah, that's, those, that's one thing. The first thing because mine, and then it didn't additionally just – creating some content. I, I would say TikTok would be fantastic for him. Um fascinated by TikTok. I know a lot of people knock it and think it's corny, but it's really crazy how much stuff is happening on there. It's really interesting to get on there and it's a time suck. You know, it you can, can be for sure. You get on and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm three hours later. <laughs> yeah, like, wait. You know so. But, you know, this that's something that I think is is those are some examples of things that f- work for him. The roofing company should not be partnering with a vintage store ever. The- <laughs> <Yeah, yeah, laughs> maybe I right? like, just kidding. So it just lines up with kind of what he's about, you know, and I think he's reaching a certain type of person, somebody who's nostalgic, somebody who likes the style, of the design, that sort of stuff, you cool.
1: know? Cool beans. I'll, I'll make
0: sure he hears that. Oh, also one thing that he could yeah. do would be kind of fun is he could do like a an outdoor like viewing of like, I don't know, like the goofy movie or something. And he could have a bunch of, he could make it an event, you know, event marketing. Is so cool, you know, cause if he has a pop-up store where he just has his stuff, that's one thing. It's a store, it's a pop-up store. But if it's an event marketing, he's uh, creating a brand experience for his customers to walk into, you know, and to, to experience thing that's like really special, like, Oh my gosh, this is great. Um, so I think that's an, another opportunity for him to look for those unique crossover things where he could, he might even have a piece of clothing for sale there. He's just building his brand. That's good stuff. Well, Chase, that's a, we'll put a wrap
1: right there for getting back to some of the basics because we're starting to get into creativity. I want to say that for next time. So again, everyone, thanks for listening. If you have any messages, Chase, work and someone reach out to you and pick your brain a bit more.
0: Uh, they can just go to our website at buildwithbolt.com. Or they can check me out on Instagram. It's just Chase Fairchild. Well, that's it,
1: guys. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Awesomings Podcast. And another quick thank you to Lee Rosevere and a few members from our community who provide the music that you hear in this show. Lastly, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz. Or even better, come on down to our space. Come be a part of our community and get plugged in. And let's start something awesome together. You guys rock. We'll see you next time.